I use a certain, a couple of words that I like to explain a little bit because it may help you. The first one is selfing. Yes? So selfing, for the people who haven't been here before, selfing, the way I view it, is, is a mental process which product is, is to produce a sense of self. Yeah? So let's say you're in a dialogue during the day would be selfing. Yeah? And then if you got some information about that and then there was a feeling that you were selfing, that's the product of the selfing. The feeling of being the one who's doing it or the one that's being done. Yeah? Very, it's important. It's good to see. Because you want to see the activity of the foreign installment so that you get that it's foreign. Yeah? Yeah, that. Because if you're not, you're going to be looking for what you are from what you're not, and you're never going to find it. Yeah? You've got to question what you're not. When you see that you're not that, that's that, basically. The mind opens up. Because it's, it's not, at that point, it's seeing, which it's always doing, but in the way it's formatted, formatted now, the seeing has been uh, uh, interpreted as a form of looking called self-centeredness. So no matter how much or how hard you look for it, you'll never find the scene because it is what's looking. Yeah, you can't use the looking to find what's looking. Yeah, you just got to question the looking, and then that's that. That's the scene. Yeah. So the word selfing is a mental activity, and a lot of people say bonded to self and stuff like that, which is fine. But I think it's giving the idea of self too much credit. Yeah, it's assuming that there is one. Yeah that there's a noun, there's something called self that you're bonded to. It's like if I was sitting in a chair, like one of these chairs, then you could, and I was handcuffed to that chair, I would be bonded to that chair. Yeah? I, there would be me as a thing, and the chair as a thing, and I'd need something to facilitate the bonding, let's say, handcuffs. And if I found, let's say, the right spiritual locksmith, they could open up that key, and I'd be free from the bondage to that chair. But it's in the way recovery says it, it's a much more, much more succinct, clearer way, which is we're bonded, we're bond, bonded to the idea of being a self, a bondage of self. In that case, you would get up as you with the chair attached. Yeah, you'd be walking around, identified as the chair, and you would you would try to fit life around the idea of being a chair instead of questioning the chair. It's like if someone had a tumor, a big tumor in their side. Yeah. And they took it to be themselves. And what they did is they got a lot of shirts tailored and jackets tailored to fit the tumor, you know. And maybe they used it for an armrest and stuff like that. And then someday a guy walks in and he says, man, that, you can have that removed, yeah? Now, the initial, you would think the immediate reaction would be, all right, let's go. But you've got a lot of investment in those shirts and those jackets, yeah? You've been meeting women with tumors, rubbing tumors together. You have a lot of identification with that freaking tumor, so you're not going to, even though someone points it out to you, you may get quite resentful about that message. See, because you would like to be free as a tumor, but not from the tumor. Yeah. So the idea of selfing is how the mental process binds the mind to this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It cannot actually do it, but it can seem to do it. Yeah. And then there's another word, seemingly, we use a lot, which means it appears to be true or false to us. That's the definition of seemingly. So you, got, you get to see your role here. Like in the Course in Miracles, it says step two, it's lesson two, which is you and I have given everything all the meaning it has, which is the basis of a subjective experience. Yeah? So today, if I'm not in good shape, this could be a problem, yeah? this thing. The next day I'm in good shape, it's not a problem. 
The next day I'm in bad shape, it's a problem again. What was it? Was it a problem or was it a, not a problem? It was neither. Yeah, it was. Give, I gave it the meaning it had in my life. Yeah. So this idea of selfing is the activity of the mind to produce a sense of self. It's a feeling. It's like a thought wrapped in a feeling. It's not a thought of self. There's a lot of thoughts of self, but that produces the sense of self. The sense is like when an action occurs, you feel you're the actor. When there's a seeing of thoughts, you believe you're the thinker of those thoughts. Yes? When there's feeling, you're thinking you're the feeler. When there's seeing, you're thinking you're the seer. That is the bondage of self. The mental process, this movement of selfing, its main movement, main modus operandi is the claim. So what does it claim? It claims what conscious contact brings into attention. Yeah? It claims the seeing as being the seer, the hearing as being the hearer, the feeling as being the feeler, the tasting as being the taster, the smelling as being the smeller. Yes? As soon as that heist is in place, then every time conscious contact is occurring, it's been neutered. You don't get the invitation that conscious contact is providing. You're getting an interpretation that you're the one who's conscious. Yeah? And as soon as you believe you're the one that's conscious, you can start seemingly being unconscious. Yeah? Because now consciousness has been split, like everything else is by the conditional mind, into being conscious and being unconscious. And I bet you, you'll be resting more on the unconscious side in your interpretation. Yeah? And that drives the drive to become conscious. <laughs> Which only affirms the, the belief that you're unconscious. This message is all about questioning, are you unconscious? Are you the one who's unconscious? And are you the one who's conscious? You're neither of them. You're not conscious or unconscious. All there is is consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> and then what we are, I sense, is that we're the awareness of that event. Consciousness is a movement in manifestation. It allows things to become conscious of, yes, there's an awareness of, but there's awareness, there are, there's a, an awareness of the conscious contact. I am that. I am that awareness. That's my original face. And if you saw it, if you had an event where you would see there's the conscious contact, it takes time to have that interpreted by the mental condition, yeah? The selfing, or you want to call it uh, the conditional mind. It takes time. In between that conscious contact event and the time it produces the sense of you, that's your face. You're that awareness. You're the awareness of what's going on here. You're the I am of that I am, yeah? You're the I am of that I am. That I am, which is consciousness in contact, that's the I am. That's the feeling you get. But you're the, you're the I am of that I am. You're the awareness. Yeah? So then there's the selfing. There's the sense I call it an action figure. We're all in this, uh, this body. We're having an experience through this body. And to me, it's, this is the action figure. And it's gonna, actions are going to occur through it. And you're going to have many seat assignments. So let's say this... This role of being someone who invites others to entertain these possibilities. Is it, I'm not sitting in an, an engraved seat. This isn't my seat. Yeah? It's just, this is the seat assignment I'm in right now. The music, it's like musical chairs. The music of life could occur. I get up, and what's happened is I got up many times, but I've landed in the same seat again when the music stopped. Sometime I may not, and I'll be doing something else. Yeah? But now you recognize the seat assignment that's appropriate for you here. It's just blue becomes blue and red becomes red. Things become freaking obvious with no thought or effort on our part. 
the mind just shifts out of, out of a distorted aspect into a clear aspect. It's not even a shift. It just realized there was no distorted aspect. It could not be so. The highest level it can reach is seemingly so. Yeah. It can only reach seemingly so. Everything here is only reaching seemingly so. The important thing is, what is it appearing seemingly so to? Or who is it appearing seemingly so to? That's the real rub, yeah? If something feels so real, how did it get that sense of reality unless reality gave it that sense? How could something that isn't real seem so real and then the next day not seem so real because reality is giving it that meaning, yeah? The only reality is which is not being seen, not being heard, not being tasted, not being touched, yeah? You're never going to see it, taste it, or touch it. That's what's giving everything the seemingly so-ness. Yeah? And when it decides to change, then what seemed to be so seems not to be so again. Yeah? What happens? The reality it gave to that thing was withdrawn. Yeah? And where did it go? To the only place it can go back to is the reality. So you and I are what's looking. We are not who's looking. Yeah? What's looking is the reality. Who's looking is an interpretation of the reality. Yeah? What could, how could false evidence ever appear real? It can only appear real to a you. Yeah? It, that false evidence is false evidence. Yeah? It can only appear real. What triggers it appearing real? It's you. Yeah? You're the reality lending the reality to that. False evidence is false evidence. It's, where is it going to get reality from? From other false evidence? It can only get reality, it can only be given reality from what? Reality. Yeah. Who do you, who do you think reality is? Not you. What is reality you? What would happen if you and I are giving everything all the meaning has? What would happen if we gave the meaning of reality Reality. <laughs> what, what would happen? Look at, we can make mountains out of molehills. Can you imagine if we put the feeling of that's really real to reality? Find out what it's like. The downloads will be very obviously verifying that you made what's real real in your life. <laughs> Instead of making what's unreal real in your life, you finally match the two things together in an appropriate uh, relationship. What's real and my ability to make things real. All right, let's turn it on that. Now your attention and interest, instead of being enslaved to thingness, is now resting in non-thingness. Yes? Its own source. There isn't... It, it, where's interest? Where's the 2014 model of interest? There isn't anything. Yeah? It's a, in that, it's a mind activity. Our interest and attention, we lose it in things, but we never lose interest and attention. They just alight on something and then depart from something. Could you imagine if they landed on what's always so at all times? All of their departures and landing would already be landed. Yeah. They would never leave that sense. That's called the abidance in truth. The same interest and attention, if it's Engaged with the obsession with self is called obsession with self. It's the same energy. It's just what vehicle it's put on in. 
what happened with me is it just produced a stabilized level of traveling lighter here. Yeah? And when I, that started to happen, I realized that's what I wanted because every, all this pursuing and seeking for other things stopped. Because I finally found what I was looking for. And it was what's looking. I didn't have to say, oh, now I'm supposed to rest in this. That was the consequence. Yeah? It became absurd to think I was going to find what was looking. <laughs> it came to a screeching halt. And what was I left with? Everything, basically. <laughs> and I, but the funny thing, I found it in nothing. That was where it was hiding all along. I thought it was in something. <laughs> but everything stems from nothing. Nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. That's the place to rest. <laughs> so I used to, the first one, first video I ever did, we did a thing on that. The, the, uh, I won't go into it, the lion and the lamb thing, you know? Did you ever hear of it? The old lion and lamb story. Probably... From me, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the new people, it's a very nice lion. It's a nice story. It's an old story from uh, Hinduism, and so the story goes like this: There's a young lot. There's a, uh, a, a female lion with her young cub. Yes, and then the female lion gets killed. So the young cub is left orphaned, and he doesn't know what to do, and he's just roaming around the savanna. One day, he sees this big herd of sheep, and he runs after them. The sheep see him as a lion, so they run away. Then they realize he doesn't know he's a freaking lion. And he tries to ingratiate himself into the herd. Yeah? So now he's been accepted on the herd, so he's trying to become like sheep-like. Yeah? And he's thinking about straightening his hair, you know, curling his hair and barring. And he's, he's really respected, but he's just not feeling that satisfied. Something's always, there's an irritable restlessness and discontent there for years. But he's very well respected in the sheep world and you know he has a sheep wife and sheep kids and whatever you know and uh, and then one day this old lion comes into the savannah and he's looking to eat and he sees the herd of sheep so he chases the herd and in the corner of his eye he sees this lion running and he thinks this young lion's joining the hunt but then he realizes the lion's running away from him so he, he, he turns away from the sheep and he runs after the lion and he catches it and a young lion rolls on its back and goes Please, Mr. Lion, don't eat me. I'm just a humble sheep. Now, this perplexes the older lion, but he doesn't say anything. He just grabs the lion, drags it to this pond of water, and he sticks both their heads over. And the two lions see their reflection, and the young lion sees its reflection. It looks just like the, the other, older lion, and he gets it. It's a lion. Yeah, I'm a lion. The answer is solved. The lion looks at him and goes, hey, roar, and he roars immediately. He doesn't have to take three months of roaring lessons. Yeah? He, it's already innately available. He just wasn't accessing it because he was blocked by this previous identification. Yeah? The only way, and this is what happens at meetings like these, people hear the message, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. They liked it. They liked the sound, some people. And it's coming at them, and they're going, they're in agreement. Yeah, I'm a lion, I'm a lion. Then it hits the ears, and the ears are formed into sheep ears. Yeah? There's an identification as what they're not. And the message gets in, and it gets translated into, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. Yeah? So they come to another meeting, Oh no! and someone says it in a different way. I like this one much more than the last. But it's the same, same message. You're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. It hits the ear, I can become like a lion. What happens? 
So the sheep now starts looking at other sheep. Hey, maybe they're interested in it. And he finds a few people like to be something other than a sheep. And so they buy big pictures of old lions and they get the candles and they, you know, they say prayers and they're having roaring lessons and they're getting the hair straightened. And, they're, and there's a lot of nobility in the group. Yes, you're really working hard. You're sounding just like a lion. You know, they're all barring. It's no shaking fucking raw. But, you know, they're like trying to support each other. And it seems very noble and you probably get a lot of mental kudos. But the problem is they're not a lion. They're not a sheep. Yeah. It's not that they haven't found the right technique to finally finalize their ardent desire to become a lion. That's never going to be found because what's going to find it is the sheep. Yeah, they're in. A, they're in. Their mind is locked in an identification as something that, that they're not, and they're looking for what they are from that identification, which makes it all fail. It's not personal. It just can't work out that way. The point is, is to turn the question or turn the attention. And maybe question what you're taking yourself to be. Some people use inquiry. It doesn't matter. For me, it's an entertaining of an idea. You hear some possibility, and it's like watching a, a window. You see the birds fly by, and maybe a, a squirrel jumps over, and you notice everything in the window. But after a while, you notice the space. The space never leaves when the bird leaves, yeah? It doesn't follow, you know? The only way, and you are that space, how you lose the space is... Every bird you call your bird. Every thought is your thought. Every feeling is your feeling. And as it moves through the, uh, through the frame, you're not seeing it anymore, but you have a form of looking, memory. You remember. It's a blind fucking interpretation. If you were just seeing, what would come up and show up, you would see, and when it departed, you would keep seeing. But you wouldn't be seeing that thing. You, after a while, you'd see the space. The space that you are. That's allowing all this stuff to come and go. Instead of following all the comings and goings as if you're coming and going, that's not telling the truth about its own impermanence. That you think you're the solid continuum. You're the true reference point when you're not. You're moving it over the, in the space just like everything else is. Yeah. What would happen when that to me is entertaining? So I heard these ideas at a meeting and I walked around and I entertained them. And my mind was finally gave, hey, I'm going to give a, you know, I didn't think of it, but it gave a modicum of reality to these possibilities. And guess what happened? <laughs> the reality came through. Yeah? And as soon as that started to occur, I recognized what I'm not. Yeah? And I recognized all that's going on all day is selfing is inferring that there's a doer. Selfing is insinuating that there's a doer. Selfing is assuming that there's a doer. And selfing, all it does is there's an activity. It's selfing. And what happens is if you believe you're doing it, that's the product of selfing. A noun pops up, yes? All there is is verbing, yet the mind interprets all the verbing and puts in a noun, you. So now instead of seeing life is happening, you interpret it as life is happening to you. Twist it. You take, because when you see something moving, if you're moving with it, you'll see it. If you think, if you believe you stopped, you'll see it from this reference, and all the meaning you give that movement will be from here. It's a false narrative. Life is happening to you. And as soon as it happens to you, the next thought is why? 
It shouldn't be happening to me. Why is all the good happening to them and none to me? And then tons of mental minutia. It's like a Petri dish just spawns tons of mentation. Yeah. And you're avalanched by it. And all day, assuming, inferring, it's like that Zen thing. The finger pointing at the moon. In this case, there is no moon. There's just pointing. Yeah? And it's the mind that makes the leap into the feeling of being a self. It cannot be created. It can only seemingly be so. Yeah? The self being just infers that, oh, there's an action. There must be an actor. Yeah? There's a thought. Hey, I must be the thinker. It's fucking a leap. Yeah. What would happen if you didn't take the leap? You would see it. And when you see it, you wouldn't be looking at it from what's the production, the product. You'd see the production, and you would get a very strong hit. I'm not that. And then everything that would occur would distill into that basic statement. I'm not that. Whatever's happening, whatever's showing up, whatever's in a thingness, I'm not. So, in this, it didn't change the geography of my life, you know. I get ill, or I get fired, or I get jobs, or something happens, yes. But it allowed me, for years now, to travel lighter over whatever geography my life has in store for the action figure. Yes? What more do you want? <laughs> Literally, you call it enlightenment? You don't fucking want enlightenment. That's scared. Of, see, if you had, there's no freaking way. That you... <laughs> People are waiting at these meetings to have an experience of their own absence. You can't have it. Yeah? What's truly absent wants to have an experience of its absence. But it wants to be present for it. Yeah? <laughs> Tell me how you're going to get out of that little conundrum. How? How is self going to get out of self? That would just be more selfing, wouldn't it? How could a mental process, a product of a mental process, ever transcend what's making it? It doesn't exist or seem to exist anywhere else but in the head. Yeah? How is it going to... You, you believe... <laughs> and there's no exceptions. None. No way. No way. <laughs> I don't know how it can happen. I don't know how it happens. I don't think it ever did happen, but here it will seem to have happened. And I would say grace must be available because it's very difficult to dislodge unless you're given the grace to be dislodged from that identification to ever see through it. So it's difficult because it will claim everything that it comes in contact with. Yeah? If it runs into nothing, it will make it something. Everything gets so mentally neutered so quickly, and then it's all frozen, and you put it on your spiritual mantelpiece, but they're like dead animals. Your epiphanies you've collected, your big spiritual experiences, they're all fucking dead. You know? Look at everyone, anyone here has had an epiphany? Did you ever make a reservation for having one? Did you ever call ahead? I'm going to have an incredible interruption in my linear life story about 9 o'clock. Uh, and you pump in some Kenny G music and get the candles. No, it's just a, it's a sudden intervention and it sort of interrupts the linear story of Paul, yeah? 
what happens when it usually ends? If, you know, the fog point is it never ends, but what happens when it seems to have ended? It usually coincides with these thoughts arising, saying, I'm having this incredible epiphany. <laughs> as soon as the selfing gets recoagulates, because an epiphany will kick it on its ass, because it is a process. It will stop the process of selfing. But there's, it's like when you pour mercury out, how it recoagulates. Re- That's what selfing is like. As soon as it gets back to its senses, it will claim the epiphany, neuter it, and now you'll be calling up the 800 number of who had the biggest epiphany this week. You know, I had a four-hour one. It was unbelievable. Well, I only had three hours. I guess you, you must be higher up on the epiphany scale. It's just insanity. You never had an epiphany. That was more your original face than any face that you believe your ass is right now. <laughs> I'm serious. So this is why we repeat this message because it's not the message; it's the ear. This isn't this isn't like a heart doctor or a spirit. This is an ear doctor. You got to check the ear. You got to check what believes it's hearing the message because that's going to make it what it is. Yeah. And the beautiful thing, if you question that, the message will get in and it will be exactly what it is. Nothing. It's like, that's why this is always an introductory offer. You are the product. Yeah? I hope you came in here with nothing. I hope you leave with more nothing. Yeah? And in a sense, my little seat assignment, I'm meant to become obsolete. It's a terrible career choice to do this because I'm successful if you stop coming, really. When you haven't feeling good enough to just go truck around and your life is full, you don't have time to come listen to some old dude from Long Island, New York. You know, I've been successful. I've delivered the message or the spiritual subpoena. Yeah. People call me up or they call me and say, uh, are you going to talk about any other topics this weekend? No. No. It's been 19 years. Never talk. Same thing. I mean, why would you... There's no point of moving on. Yeah. Unless that, that point is seen. Yeah. And that point is seen, you may not care about moving on. <laughs> you may be freed from the need to be liberated. Seriously. The only thing that needs to be liberated is what you're not. What you are doesn't need at all to be liberated. It's never been bound. It's impossible. What happens here has no... It's like what's appearing in the sky truly has no effect on the sky. The sky is like the context, letting all this stuff to appear in it. It doesn't matter if it's explosions. It never rips the sky open. When it rains, the sky doesn't get wet. You're not the air. The airplane pilots are never calling the tower. I ran into a big chunk of sky. When a bird shits, it doesn't land on the sky. It lands on our cars. You know, it's not. Yet everything happens and facilitated to happen in the sky, but nothing affects the sky that's happening in it. That's what mind is like. That's what our minds are like. That's why in Buddhism they talk about everything is empty. Everything is empty of any real meaning. It can be given meaning by what's real. And that's called dreaming. And that's what's happening here. Why do you think the movie seems so good? It's not the movie, it's the audience. You're giving it all the meaning it has. It doesn't have... Someone who sees through it sees it as tinny and as, as, as a terrible production, 
bad screenplay, screenwriting, bad direction. It sees it like that immediately. Yet, many of us never take, take, we take it as real as real can be. How could that be unless, we re, unless we're the reality? How could it be? How could something that's not so seem so, so, so? Unless it was what so was seeing it, yeah. So another aspect of the self thing. A lot of it's engaged in memory. Seriously. Yes? I just watched the movie Oblivion. You hear it? It's on the plane. I don't want to, I better not tell you that. I've seen it. It's pretty good. And if I told you the point I wanted to use, it would ruin the movie. So forget about it. So one of the things the selfing does is simple. The thought system. Look at the thought system. Yeah? See where its value lies. Does the value in the thought system lie now, or does it lie in past and future? Yeah? So you see the, the thought system's drenched in time. Yes? One of its ingredients. You don't see it so much because it's drenched in it. Yeah? Time. So, and you supposedly have 70,000 thoughts a day. It's a lot of thoughts yeah, going through the head. Can you imagine if you're doing them all? Fuck, you must be exhausted. They're all yours. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't know how you get up. I gotta think seventy thousand times today, but we believe we're the thinker. It's fucking crazy. It is, isn't it? It really is crazy. You've got to look at it. How insane it is. It's like me coming here and going, "Oh, I've got to leave early. I forgot to digest that burrito I had a few hours ago." You know, and I got a big lineup. I forgot the pizza on Wednesday night. Fuck, you know, can't go out at all this weekend. I gotta digest. Or the simple thing: I went on a tour last year and I hadn't. I hadn't been in these towns for a while, and I, my hair had gotten longer. So everyone was greeting me and going, oh, you, you've really been growing your hair, Paul. And I said, not really. I just haven't been cutting my hair. It's not like I'm taking a few hours a week to go home and grow my hair. <laughs> and I get into a growing hair group, and we try to, yes, yours looking longer than it did last week. Ah, I'm growing it well. But this is how the language keeps reinforcing this condition we're in, seemingly, is... It, it implies that we have something to do with something we have nothing to do with. That's a very small little example, but it's, it's prevalent in the whole subjective language. It's assuming that we have a lot to do with things we have nothing to do with. Yeah? So we're getting engaged in a lot of stuff we have nothing to do with about. And that would be a, free, a huge freedom if that would just be dismissed. Yeah? So, but here's the selfing. So the selfing, <coughs> there is no self. Yeah? You're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So it cannot be here now. It can only appear to be here now. Yes? So how does something that's not here appear to be here? By thinking about it. Yeah? So let's say there's thoughts about me, and the thought system pictures you and I as a body. Yeah? Because when you go back into five years ago, how do you picture yourself? Not a spirit. I mean, what could you say? Oh, my spirit was just the same as it always is. <laughs> five years now, and whatever, yeah? But, but the body and your emotional and your mental state could be different. So with, you're thinking about yourself. And the only reason why you're going back there, it's about you. If someone else is at your house talking about all the shit that's not happening in their lives, you know, past and future. You're bored in a minute, aren't you? Unless you want to sleep with them or something. You're not really <laughs> motivated to listen over and over again. Yeah? But you're listening to this going on for for years. What's the hook? It's about you. Yeah? It's the identification. 
And the thought system just reinforces the identification. That's all it does. When the mind is obsessing over self, it's reinforcing the identification as a self. That's all it's doing. It's like the glue that has to be constantly applied that can never glue what you are and what you're not together. It can seemingly be so, yeah? But the application has to be over and over and over again, yeah? And if you're, if you're not so addicted to time, you'll see the big gaps, yeah? Where something is going on when you stop going on. The sense of you stops going on, there's still something going on. I would say that's what you are, yeah? But here, so the head's thinking about itself in the past, and it's remembering itself, but where does it remember itself? Now, yeah? Yeah, so the mind is using the past to remember itself now. So when you think of, when the mind thinks about you, there's a feeling of being that you back then, which means you are that you now, yeah? So in the memory, you were that you, and you're going to be that you, therefore I am that you, yeah? So it's remembering self there, and it uses the future for the same thing. It uses the future to remember self. All the thoughts about the future aren't happening in the future, are they? They're happening now, and if they're held as your thoughts and about you, they're producing the sense of self right now. Not in the future. It could care less about the future. It uses the future in the past to remember itself because there isn't one. Something that isn't so to appear to be so has to be remembered. Yeah. If I take this chair away, it's too heavy, this one, if I take this chair away, for you to, to, to think that it was, to think that it was here, had, you'd have to remember that it was once here, yeah? Because you're not seeing it anymore. Well, the fact is, you've never seen the self. Yeah? You're just, in, you, it's been inferred that you're seeing from it. That's why you've never noticed it. Because you're noticing everything else from that reference point, but you're not questioning the reference point. <laughs> the seeing is there. It gets identified as this. It turns into a form of looking. And now you're looking for that in all the wrong places. Yeah, Like St. Francis tried to save you time. He says, what's looking is what you're looking for. What's looking is what you're looking for. Nothing. You don't need 800 pages of scriptures. That's one sentence. Okay, no, that's worth 800 pages of scriptures if you entertain it. Yeah. So the head pictures you as an object in the past and future, thinks about it a lot, yeah? Even refeels things to produce what? Not a thought of self, but a sense of self. A feeling that's there when every action occurs, there's a feeling that you're the actor. When every thought is noticed, there's a feeling you're the thinker. When a feeling comes through the body, it's captured and hijacked and interpreted into, I'm the feeler of that. And it's so funny, you can't see the process, but how many times has this happened where a feeling came over you and you go, I didn't want to feel that. <laughs> you came after the feeling. <laughs> the feeling was there, got claimed, and then you appeared and then you said, I don't want to feel that. But you already felt it. <laughs> see how powerless it is? It wants to change the course of events, but it's after the course of events, not prior to it. You do not precede life. You're an afterthought, the feeling of you. 
You are produced as a process, from a process. That takes time. What we are is timeless. There's no production in being. It's complete in and of itself. The only thing it's doing here is expressing itself in incompleteness. <laughs> There's no time. I'm not, it doesn't take any time to be. It's always available at all times. And you're not going to become a better bee either. <laughs> And you would never were a worse bee. They were just like layers that never sunk into the surface of being. They just appear and disappear. Yeah. They're not even they're not they're not even henna tattoos, not even close to ink tattoos. They're not even henna tattoos. They never enter the skin of the being. Yeah? They just slide on it, your attention goes there, and then they slide off. But your attention tells a story historically about it. So you and I are produced by the sense of being used, produced by a process, and when the process is over, you feel like you're before the process. You feel you were there before. When the process, the selfing captures you, when it captures you, it's like something, water in this big, empty ocean of mind, an aspect of mind rises up and goes, yeah, that may be like me. Then you bite it, immediately you're the fish. And not only that, you feel like you're a historical fish. Oh, this has happened to me many times. It's a production. It's not so. It can only seemingly be so. And the solution is, what's allowing it to seem to be so is what's so. If it withdraws that reality, it won't seem real anymore to you. And it's not you withdrawing the reality. Yeah? It's reality withdrawing it. It has nothing to do with you. Part of what gets left behind is you. <laughs> I want to go along with you. No. No, Skippy, no. You're not invited on this trip. <laughs> So I don't know, for me, when I, people talked about the ocean of bliss and the eternal one, it didn't work because I was hearing it from a, a, a separation. Yeah? The problem was, all, of, all the information I read about lions was being calculated and interpreted by a sheepness. I just needed to see I wasn't that, and then that was that. And then all it's been about is finding out what that is. Yeah? You know the tree by the fruit. You can never know the tree. But like Jesus says, a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You'll know the tree by the fruit. So something gets entertained, and then you find out about that by its expressions here. Yeah. Here, here, you know. Just like I came in here earlier, just set me on a laughing jag because of all the joy and lightness that I've experienced over years in this little space in Toronto. Yeah? It was like a fucking felt, sense felt form of a memory that had nothing to do with concepts or thoughts or bodies. It was just that thing that cannot be captured. But it was reinitiated just by coming in here. Yeah? So in this situation, in this, 
from we're in seemingly in a problem. When the problem seems real, yes, then there's a need for a solution. Now, in this case, when the solution dawns on you, it reveals the problem is imaginary. Yeah? So the problem is imaginary. Why is there a need for a solution? It, there's no need for a solution either. You don't even have to have a tiny little solution pocket that you need to be vigilant about. There's no need for a solution because there's no problem. Just like it would be, it would be how are you going to get out of an imaginary place? How? You know? How are you going to get out of an imaginary place? All your plans to get out of it give it the meaning of being a real place. <laughs> ah, like a, a great old Zen treatise says, you can't use you can't use still you can't use activity to reach stillness. That would be activity. See, you can't get, you're not getting out of the Chinese thumb puzzle, and it's not going to happen. There's no exemptions. Mind works a certain way. Yeah, recognize how it works. Yeah, you'll see how the lot the conditional mind. If an action is noticed, there must be an actor. If it isn't me, if it isn't you, it's God or somehow. Somehow there's got to either be a divine noun or another noun. But why is it that you can just see everything as verbing? Yeah, quite easy. Yeah. Actions can occur without an actor. Who, who the hell says there needs to be an actor? To initiate anything. Everything is initiating. In Buddhism, is like codependent origination. Everything is arising because everything's arising. Producing this huge exotic dance. Is there a first cause? It's pointless to even look. Yeah. Just see it's all inherently empty because the only thing that's real is what's seeing it. Yeah. Now, this is a message. I have to say this. This is not a dissertation. It's a simple message. It's an invitation. I'm not a teacher of non-duality. There's no way you could teach non-duality. You're a teacher of duality at most. Yeah. You can teach about what we're not. You cannot teach about what we are. That has to be found out. Yeah. You cannot teach about what we are. That has to be found out. You can learn about what we're not. Yeah. But you cannot learn about what we are. So this is an invitation. This is a message. It's sort of like if uh, one of my old cars breaks down and I'm with a friend of mine and we know a little about cars. We take the air filter off and there's a carburetor and we get a can of gas out of the back and we, I have him, I, I tell him wait and I start trying, trying to en- turn on the engine and I'm pumping the gas. And I say, all right, put a little gas in. As soon as he puts a little gas and it catches, yeah, that's all that need was needed. Yeah, if he keeps pouring the gas and it floods the car, so this is what it's like. This isn't acquiring knowledge. It's about giving up that drive for knowledge, being start being okay in the I don't know, and then you're relegated into a position of finding out, which is quite revelatory. Yeah, so you find out about what you cannot find out about by it downloading by its its demonstration through you and through others. You find it out. To me, that's a much higher form of knowledge. But it has to be preceded and held by I don't know. There's got to be a relinquishment of that drive of mental security. Yeah? doesn't have to be, but that's what will happen as a fallout if you just start entertaining these possibilities. Any questions today? I don't want to go beat a dead horse either. 
it's not based on time. The more you sit doesn't mean it doesn't accelerate anything. It's just the quality of the entertaining, really. And then the grace is available if it is. Any questions tonight? Oh, Monique, yes. I like everyone turned around. Yes, yes, Monique. There's Monique back there. Very treasured friend. In in what moment that identification begins? In what moment? Yeah. I let's say uh, let's look at that like a game board. Yeah, a game board. So we have a sense of. We believe we're at the starting point, yeah? But we're, let's say, at square three. So let's say there's awareness, and then there's the conscious contact arises, yes? And then there's a mental process in the conscious contact that produces a sense of self. So let's say you're at square three, yeah? So when if there's the feeling of you, that you're the doer and the thinker and this and that, you're basically starting life at square three. That means square two... And square, I, well, square two, let's say, square one and square zero have to be forgotten for you to be the alpha and the omega, for you to be the doer and the haver, yes? So square zero, I would say, is the awareness. Square one is the conscious contact. Square two, through the conscious contact, a mental produ- process produces a you. That's the one who's in conscious contact, yeah? Which is the story that now you base the whole game on, Yeah? Now, it's very difficult to figure out a game board if you start at square zero, uh, three. Yeah? Now, what happens if you want to, you hear a mythical idea about square zero? What's going to happen if the identification at square three is in place? You're going to start looking for zero from square three. <laughs> and you're going to try to find square zero to give an advantage to square three and <laughs> make it a better square three. <laughs> We're questioning the square three. Yeah? What happens when you question a square three? Something may occur, and you wake up where? At square zero. Let's say it happens on square 24. Something occurs, you wake up, it's square zero. Maybe it happens at square 53. You wake up, it's square zero. After a while, you realize there's only square zero. <laughs> All the other squares are appearing in square zero. Yeah, There are no other squares, in a sense. Square zero is the game. <laughs> I mean, some of us may have to go through 12 squares, but whatever happens, they're all going to bring you, quote-unquote, back to where you've never left, yeah? After a while, you'll get it. <laughs> you know, maybe it'll take one, maybe it'll take 30, who knows? But one of them's probably going to do the trick Well, you'll realize, I was never on square 20. I was never at three even. Oh, shit. You know? <laughs> so I hope that helps. The mental process. <laughs> I like images anyway. I don't like, I like pictures. But I, I like that one because from square three, the game can look unbelievably different than if you were seeing it from square zero. Square three is like life's happening to you. <laughs> yeah. Square zero is life's happening. Huge, big, big difference. Yeah. And it's going to translate into how you travel here, yeah. as a verb or as a noun. And it's good when you become an entertainer. Hmm? 
Who's going to keep on entertaining? <laughs> oh, the mind. The mind is entertaining. This, I have a language. I'm not going to... I don't want to try to create a new language to try to get the sense of you out of it, yeah? So I speak that way. But there's no me that's entertaining it. There's mind that's entertaining it, yeah? Just like the mind was entertaining the me. That's the double whacker. The mind is entertaining the me, and then the me thinks it's entertaining. Yeah, that's the double whack. But to try to say it in perfect terms of language is impossible. So it's just I wear language loosely because I don't. It doesn't have the flesh and bones it used to have. I don't need to shy away from it because it's not scary. Yeah. So there's mind entertains. Look at what it's doing all day. Your mind's entertaining. It's entertaining the possibility of you. It's entertaining the length of your pants, maybe too short, you know. It's entertaining that that girl doesn't like me or likes me. It's doing all the time. What we're doing, instead of having it entertain all these other things all day, usually related back to you, let it entertain this message, this possibility, and see what happens. See if it triggers something. I found it does, and I have faith in mind. Yes. Yeah. I believe that if it's if you've all been served the spiritual subpoena, if you think you know it or not, yeah, it's like Ramana Maharshi, a great master, says your head's already in the tiger's mouth. It's already a done deal. That's the, and I have faith in that because that's how it happened or came to pass with me. Just entertained it and uh, the calibration of whatever shifted or changed, and then I saw new in a way, yeah. And it's not special. It's very ordinary. It's like dog shit awareness. It's not like a big... I'm never, you know, on cliffs with the wind blowing through my hair. I'm going to stores and, you know, working on my car or surfing. It's not like, you know, not no one's stopping me on the street. Oh, your, your aura, your radiance, your loving gaze is so powerful. You know? Again, just walking around. Actually, I'm not into the. I never practiced the loving gaze, gauge enough. You know, the gaze. I didn't particularly like that when someone gives me the loving gaze. You know, and then here, see, it's like being a jeweler without knowing anything about gems. We mistake charisma. We mistake a lot of things to be something. It's just you'll know in your own gut. Because it'll be prior to knowing. For me, it was like an unspoken yes. Yeah, that's just reverberated ever since. When I had a hit, hit, I just knew it before all the other knowing that occurred in my whole life. It was prior to that. It wasn't another thing that I got along the line of all knowing. It was prior to all the knowing. It just hit me so good, so well. And then I walked around and entertained it, entertained the idea, the ideas that were flooding in. And then what happened, the downloads occurred. Some, like, uh, some informative and others just energy. But, you know, they a couple of different flavors and they had their different purposes. And then it was like the body, my head was running on a very low level of ampage, you know, like 80. And then like 200 ampage started moving through, which was difficult for the body and the nerves and the, and the mental condition. <laughs> Fuck. But... <laughs> I say to my friends, if you don't die, everything's going to get really good. And, you know, and I haven't died yet, so it's gotten really good. Yeah. 
question. Yeah. Uh, when you say the downloads, do you mean since you're disidentified from all the? Yeah, the other I was. We're always receiving downloads, but usually they're coming from self-centered, self-centered central. You know, like K-Paul all day, like selling you golden oldies and constantly radio stations. Then the the frequency, because we're transmitting and receiving all the time. Yeah, the frequency shifted, and I started getting downloads from mind, not from self-centeredness, which is really cool. Because in aspects of mind, there's no self in most of them. Yeah? So they're centered, but not self-centered. And the other part, that the other question I have, but I don't even know how to ask the question anymore because I got all confused. Um, I think you were saying you know, you're constantly entertaining the stories and the storylines of the me in it all throughout the day. And you said something about, you know, take a moment and stop and entertain Mind, yeah. Your mind is always entertaining. Yeah? Conditional mind is directed that quality into entertaining things all day. And you as the primary thing. Yes? And producing a lot of neuroses and a lot of other stuff. A lot of other stuff. Now, it doesn't mean the mind doesn't, it doesn't lose its ability to entertain. It's just freed from entertaining in that one formatted way. So now my mind is entertaining like space quite a lot. So if I'm walking around, I'm looking at this room, I can almost see the space of the room. Yeah, That's interesting mind now. Before, in self-centeredness, this, that was nothing. But now, it's like, that's nothing. <laughs> but that nothing is everything now. That's the, that's the trick. Yeah. So I see all the qualities that are being exhibited by mind through con- the conditioning of mind are available, yeah, to be applied to other possibilities. Practice yeah. And, 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 um, on purpose, doing it on purpose. No? I don't do anything on purpose, really. No. No, no I just saw, I just see, I just see what I'm not, basically. That's, I'm the seeing of what I'm not. And then there's not much... I don't see purpose much. I, my mind has always been entertaining. It's just now entertaining other possibilities that it used to entertain. And these other possibilities are much more open-ended, like peace, yeah? Like, uh, you know, <laughs> infinite possibility, you know, inclusion, yeah? A lot of different qualities that I didn't have in the self-centered presentation. And self-centered was all black and white, either or... Yes or no, yes, or very dualistic construct. So the dreaming has to go down those two ways, yeah? In, 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 uh, when the mind is centered, not self-centered, it, down, it sees is a lot different. The way it entertains is quite different, in my experience. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yes, again. No, wait, let's go to another guy, don't go to you. We only have a quarter of two questions. Uh, Paul, I just wondered if we would separate separation between brain and uh, and mind. Oh yeah, I see it definitely. I think the brain facilitates mind to express conditionally. I mean, it took us thirteen point seven billion years to get to this level where we're at here. So where are we going from here? Home, I hope. (laughs) I mean. After the meeting.
When you said going from here, that my emphasis is on the here, not the going. Before it would be always the going, but now it's not. Yeah. See, it's those simple little things. Your mind shifts into a different uh, expression here, or it can, let's say, and it'll be unique based on you know your little apparatus. It'll demonstrate itself through uniqueness, and you, in a way, you become more individual when you realize you're not an individual. You really do, because a lot of the bars, all you know, it's, it's, it's you become like free range, you know, <laughs> instead of being cooped up <laughs> in a mental construct. You're free ranging now, yeah. And it's beautiful if you look at people, and if you ask them what's bothering them, it's very rarely the day they're in, yeah. Like today's Thursday, it's usually last Saturday and next week, next Wednesday, next Friday, yeah. Isn't it really like right now? There's no threat. I'm going to end quickly here, hopefully. There's no threat of anything going on here. But some people can be in a really bad shape right now because they're not really entertaining what's going on. Their mind is absorbed in what's not happening. Yeah? And because they are what's happening, they can, bring, they can produce an effect out of an imaginary place through their interest and attention. That's the power we are. You don't see it? How could you get any crops from the past? It's a dead field. Yeah? It's not even so. But we keep sowing seeds and harvesting tons of shit from there. And we're also harvesting tons of shit from the future. Aren't we? What could only, what's the only power that could do that? That's the reality. Yeah? We are the reality of this place. Everything else is seemingly so. Yeah. Uh, those uh, very advanced physicists speak of uh, our inability to understand the true nature of time, which your comments remind me of. That time is not like a river where it's here and then it's past and then yeah, the future. No. It's, it's everything always happens. In a sense, because nothing happens. That's why. But everything is drenched in time here. It's drenched. It's like when most people, it's almost like a hand in the in the back of people. Their mind is just driving them to the next moment. Yes, with the hopes that they'll get something they didn't get this moment. But it's their blindness to this moment that's allowing them not to receive what's on offer. And why that blindness is in place now? Because of the importance of there and then. Yeah. They much value, they value the mind that's navigating their lives. The value is on the past and the future. This is just the point to entertain it all. Instead of realizing, just to entertain this point instead. Don't use it for anything to entertain, but the point itself, yeah? Instead of entertaining the thoughts about you in the past and the thoughts about your future, just entertain now. Just entertain it and see what happens. It may be a lot more fulfilling yeah, you won't get it. You won't be able to mine all the specialness you want and all uniqueness you want of being that action figure, that special one who's no one can understand me how how fucked I am. No one ever felt the things I felt. You're not. That's not going to be on offer. It won't. You're not going to get those pseudo mental specialnesses. It's not. You're not going to get a lot of people recognizing you as someone really special. You know, that's not there. But what you'll get is a whole lot of absence of all that. 
<laughs> and that's a damn big presence, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's available right at this moment, but not to you. <laughs> to you, you're hoping it's going to be available, or it was once available and I got it, but now I've lost it, or it will, will be available. But it, you're never going to get it. That's the only value it has. If you could get it, it wouldn't be that valuable. Because you would definitely be able to lose it. <laughs> You'd be playing God about this. Self-centered? Yes, please. I think it's a very apt description of a system of thought and interpretation. Self-centeredness, yeah? So it's all centered on the self. So let's say what happens. Let's say I meet somebody. Do I actually meet them? It's usually, I'm the usual, I'm the uh, primary number of all the events, yeah? So if I see all of you 40 people, it's just one me seeing you, yeah? So here it is. My interest and attention goes out to you, 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 but always comes back to this me. That's the act of self-importance, yeah? The loop of self-importance, which is an aspect of self-centeredness, yeah? So to me, it's a thought uh, and interpretive system that you didn't have when you were a baby. We grew into it, right? It had to get developed. The brain wasn't sufficient enough to about 18 months. And it usually, in some research, they say it coincides with the language center starting the fire. So language has a whole lot to do with the reinforcement of memory, which has a whole lot to do with selfing, yeah? But it is a process. And... It can, a wrench can be thrown in it where it will stop and yet something will continue. I would say you're that which continues when the selfing stops. Yeah? There'll be a seeing, but you won't be seeing the selfing anymore or from the selfing, which is the form of looking, which is a form of blindness to the seeing. That's why you haven't found the seeing yet because you've been looking too hard. Yeah, Your looking is contrived. It's not meant to find. It's meant just to find the one who's looking. You. <laughs> it's not meant to find fucking anything. So, yeah. But it's great news, really. This is all about getting economic. You know, it's very economical, very pared down. You get more, in a sense, uh, figuratively, you get lighter and lighter. Yeah, because there are the mind holds a lot of essentials that aren't essential. And they get dropped, they drop away. They're not torn off you, they're not ripped from you. They just shed. It's like shedding skin, yes? You're just shedding skin. And it's in a weird way, it's like using a description of a snake going through molting. You know, snakes molt every year where they let go of their old skin. So here, you can look at this one event, a snake losing its skin, from two points of view. You can look at it from the skin's point of view, which is a very scary event. Because the skin has taken itself to be the snake. Yeah? So it's taken this to be a life or death situation. So if it's jacking into the snake's little head, it's going to tell that, that snake to buy a lot of fucking moisturizer. <laughs> you know? Stay out of the sun. You know what I mean? Do anything. You can't lose me. If you lose me, it's all kaput. But from the point of view of the snake, losing the skin is the greatest thing. Yeah? It gets smoother. It travels lighter. Once it gets the new skin, the old skin's beat up. It's got places where it snags on the rocks. Now it's smoothing over the rocks. That's exactly how it goes. But many of us are looking at, at things from the, the skin's point of view. 
So we, we feel it's super scary that we're going to lose ourselves. But from Solution's point of view, it's a hallelujah. It's like a freaking shedding of old dead skin, conceptual dead fucking skin. Yeah, that's rigid. That's not allowing the breathability of life to happen. Expression and what's coming in is very inhibited by the thick, you know, conceptualized skin. And the snake's fucking dying. Yeah, and if, it, and if it's identified with the skin, it's going to do all it can to save that freaking skin when the skin is what's choking it, really. Choking it. You can't breathe through it anymore. Yeah. That's all it's like. Your mind can shift from one view. Instead of looking at life or this situation from the skin, you look at it from the snakes. Yeah. I don't know how that's brought about, but when it happens, you'll know. Yeah, there'll be a deep feeling, and then you'll start traveling lighter a lot. Yes. Is that when the download started happening for you? Is after you shed that skin, so to speak? Is that, or is that part of it? Like, what did the downloads have anything to do with that? Like, I have no idea. All I know is that I don't know. To tell you the truth, something just. You know, like it's sort of like if you were in this room, let's say we're in this room, yeah? And everyone sees everything that's in the room. And yet we suddenly drop like 20 feet. It would be quick to discern. Because everything would be in the same place. It would just seem to be like almost it never happened. But after a while, then you realize you've dropped into a level of relaxation like 50 Thai massages couldn't produce, yeah? That's what it's like for me. It just dropped. And I dropped. everything looked just like it did. But after a while, it wasn't like it was because I'm giving everything the meaning and that had changed. Yeah? The meanings that I was giving things were changing. So the cards were getting reshuffled as I, spoke, you know, as I was living. And the downloads were just uh, a way of attempting to uh, express it through the verbs. You know? yeah? Because I got to see the assignment to share it. So, but without that... The, that, that uh, the mind, in a way, shifted, and then the sharing occurred. Before, I was talking about mind, but I was in recovery, leading a lot of workshops. And I used to work on this one t- topic all the time, which was an inventory process, how to do a little inventory in your life, looking at your fears, your resentments, and, and the harm done to people in the pursuit of sex, let's say. Yeah? It's a good way to see how self has defeated us in life. So I was doing that, teaching it, and everything was going well, and I thought I had a pretty good understanding then something happened, and I went back to that book, and I read the word self, and I saw it in a whole different light. I saw it as a foreign installment. I saw it as a, a, paras- a mental parasitical movement, yeah? That doesn't have a life, so it grabs this opportunity that we're providing to have a life, yeah? Totally changed, yeah? Like overnight. And then, from there, a lot of downloads occurred to keep reinforcing what I was seeing so I could express it clearer. Yeah? And it was a description of what I wasn't. And it was a description of all the pointing, all the insinuation, all the assuming, yet there's no one there that can be produced. You're not a product of a fucking activity. Yeah? And so what happened with me, I remember the first time I ever went to a talk, I, I shared, the lady... She didn't say anything about what I shared, but I was just in the room, and because of the possibility, I said, man, I, was, I came in here, and I, I thought I was, I thought I, Paul, the real me, was seeing mental states arising. 
But I just realized by listening to you, that's a mental state that we're seeing the mental states arise. So then that happened about six more times where that would go away and then the selfie would stake a claim and say, no, this is the real me. And now I'm seeing these multitude of mental states, but it's really me. And then I'd see that as a mental state. And after about five samples, I didn't need any more. <laughs> I realized there's never going to be a self. <laughs> there never has been or will be. Yeah? <laughs> Maybe I would have needed 40 examples. All I needed was about five, and I did it. So, like, here, it's like your aperture is this way. You don't realize it's been, it's been cooked. It's locked in a place that can't be locked. So your aperture is in self-centeredness. So you're seeing everything from here, and everything has to fit into this small frame to get to be understood by you. Yeah? That's why we think we call things paradoxes, it is, that thing's not a paradox. It's the wrong thinking that gives them that name. We can't see, we can't recognize how things really work because we're relying on something that doesn't work. Yeah. yeah? So it has to say, oh, that's really paradoxical. That's a mystery. No, it isn't. If you fucking look at life, that's how it works. Oh, no, it's very strange. No, what no freaking believe in is strange. So here you are. Here's the aperture. And this, you hear this possibility. What happens? Your mind may open up. And it just doesn't open up like this. It opens up like this. Yeah? So here's you. You were taking this to be you. And it was you experiencing and seeing and getting all these things. And then the aperture opens up. And then you're included in what it's seeing. Yeah? It doesn't go like this. It goes like this. In other words, it just doesn't open up. It moves back, in a way, you know, figuratively. And you're seen to be in front of it. And then you realize this the whole story of this was I was behind the camera. But in fact, I'm in front of the camera. Then what's looking out of the camera? Voila! Yeah? What's looking? Now, what is it that's looking at me? Was it the same thing that was always looking at you? Yes! What? So I'm a you? Yes. I'm a you that was crowned me. But you're not a me. You're just another you. And the good news is you're not that either. You're what's looking. So it doesn't open this. It opens. You're included in the content. And content is never going to leave the content and be context. You just realize you're not that thing that's appearing in the content. That's the context. That's the lens opening. And it doesn't, it's like Zen. First there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, but then there is a mountain. It isn't like, first there was Paul, then there is no Paul, but then there's Paul again. There's Pauling going on. And then you have no dispute about it. It doesn't, you, you, it's not a meta, meta, uh, metaphysical quandary. It blows my mind, people getting so disturbed by it all. It's just what's happening. First there was Paul, then there's a hit. Hey, there isn't a Paul, and then there seems to be a Paul. Yeah? There's no is Paul anymore. It seems to be a Paul. And you know what? It's going to keep seeming to be a Paul. That's what's happening here until the Paul dies. Yeah? People are trying to have an interpretation. They're trying to have an advanced interpretation. They want to be Paul, not Paul. You know? I want to be Paul, but as not Paul. No. The Paul and the not Paul negate each other, and then you're just, what's happening? Yeah? I have no problem. People, 
What do you do every day? I don't know. Just like, but are you doing it? Give me a fucking break. Jeez, <laughs> on and on. You miss the forest from the trees. It's like it's like uh, in Advaita. There's like a there's like Advaita Pharisees. Yeah, they know the words perfectly. Oh, you said I once or me, but they miss the spirit of the fucking thing. Yeah. Like we say a prayer in recovery and at the meetings we do at home, we do it. We do the serenity prayer. And then someone emailed me, why are you doing serenity prayer? I said, give me a break. It, it's a vehicle to convey something. It's not a statement of thing, of what's so. It's a vehicle of what's so to convey something. And it's a lovely thing. Well, I remember I saw Sai Baba when I was young. Right? I went to India and I stayed at his Ashram for a month. Didn't know anybody there. Just wanted to check him out. So I did. And every day he'd come in, twice a day, and walk through like 10,000 people. And it was a really beautiful open amphitheater. And there was all these like walkways he'd walk. And a lot of times I got right on the curb. Yeah? And one of the most, the best times was when he was walking and looking at the other side. And I saw all that love in the faces of the people. You know what I mean? You don't see it as a vehicle of expression. Would you want to dismiss that because it's dualistic or something? What an insane thing. It's like throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I'd see the people in his little silhouette and all these people's the love and the devotion that could be evoked through a human face, which is mind-boggling how sweet it was. Yeah. So, a lot of people want to know all about the trees. You miss the whole forest. More of a sense. And it's not a concentrated view. It's an unfocused view. The lens opens up. It doesn't get more focused on anything. It doesn't demand vigilance. Your mind is going to entertain no matter what all the time. Yeah? If it rests on this, it's going to meet its match because that's all the time. Because it's of no time. Yeah, It's not anywhere place it has to go. It's everywhere. So it's found its true resting place. Yeah? And then the mind can reflect that emptiness. <coughs> and then you have clarity. Yeah. Sorry, the mind can reflect what? Thing? That emptiness yeah. of its own reflection. What mind does, right now in our experience of mind, one of its qualities in Buddhism, they would say, the essence of mind, I think, is empty or void. The nature of it is reflective. And the manifestation of it is energy. So that's what's happening here. Everything is energy. Yeah? So the mind is dreaming. Yeah? And yet, in the aspect of the dreaming, it has the reflective ability, which we would call, in a downgraded way, subjectivity. Yeah? So you know, you can feel the I am. You, you can reflect the sense of being conscious and feel, you know, come up with I am. And that's why it says, I am that I am. So there's even a, another aspect of awareness yeah, that is aware of the consciousness. Yeah? So the mind has the ability to reflect. So let's say the mind is reflecting things. It's like I go to a place to surf, and before I get there, there's a lagoon. And sometimes they have, you know, the waves have a lot to do with the wind. And so I, I watch it, and if it's windy, yeah, all you see is the surface. It's all agitated. But some days there's no wind, and it's calm, and it's reflecting everything, all the trees around it, the clouds in the sky. That's what mind is like, yeah? In selfing, mind is always agitated. Because selfing is a drive, it's a desire that it wants to become a self. Yeah? Now, it's a desire that can never be fulfilled, so it's a thwarted desire. So its whole basis is agitation. Yeah? 
So the mind is agitated now. It's not reflecting anything. Yeah? It's seeing things only on the surface level. You know what I mean? It's seeing the agitation and taking it to be real and missing the depth and the, and the quality of what's underneath. Yes? So that agitation of desiring to become is also thrust in the desire to unbecome. So it assumes you're something like a loser and then it wants to unbecome that. And then it assumes you're not something and it wants to become that. So it's like a slinky. Yeah? The one movement to become, I don't want to be that, I want, yes, and on and on and on and on. So it generates itself almost, the selfing. So like in that statement I used in Zen, you can't use uh, activity to find stillness. You can't use a mind like that to find stillness. It will just use that topic of stillness to get agitated about. Just like people get agitated around enlightenment, they get agitated around this message. It's not the message, it's the mind entertaining it, Yeah? In the selfing, it's going to be agitated about calmness. Yeah, You're going to get agitated by peace because you'll think, I'm not in peace. So now peace becomes something that's actually stirring the pot. <laughs> it's insane. It's truly insane. It's using the idea of peace to, to produce more agitation. Yeah? See it. You see it? And if you're not, you're only beholden to it because you believe it's you. If you're not beholden, if it's not, when I, when this started to happen, I was in, selfing's a big thing in alcoholism, addiction, big time. And uh, the obsessions with self are just unbelievable. So, I never could entertain, when I heard, when I had a sense I wasn't that, the next thing my mind entertained is I can be free of it. No. Not free as it, not getting therapy fucking for it, none of this, I can be free from it. Radically. My mind couldn't get there until the first was entertained. I may not be it. I may not be all that which is being inferred. I may not be the noun. I don't know if I'm or not. But as soon as I started entertaining, the next possibility arose, which is I can be free of it. And hence, that's what's been happening for the last 19 years. Yeah? It's not free as in an event. It's an activity. You're freeing. Yes? If it was an event, it would be dry and dead. It's an activity. So, yeah. I think that's it, eh? One, One more? Oh, just right. a comment. Um, I was going to ask you, after getting into this teaching, did you find, because I'm in recovery too, um, that the inventory and all that kind of stuff starts to defeating the self and stuff like that instead of... It can be. It, it can something? be. I'm kind of stuck in that. Were you? Well, I'm enjoying this more. This seems to be like the next step. Well, then just go yeah, with it. Happen. Yeah, but remember that step prior was you had to honor it also. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, back there? Um, you said that when you got to space, you started giving things different meaning. Is it necessary to still give things meaning? Well, that's what you're doing. That's what the apparatus does. It's not necessary, but that's what it does. That's its format, yeah? That's why you're having a subjective experience. Everyone here is having is giving this event a different meaning. Yeah? That's what happens. It's not like some we don't there's no choice in the matter. That's that's the programmed action figure. This is a this is this facilitates meaning to be given. Because of the mind, because of the brain. 
Because of the whole thing. Even sometimes how we move is an expression of meaning, yeah? Someone's facial contortion is like a fuck you sometimes. Yeah? <laughs> and I get that a lot. <laughs> I sit here, I'm getting a lot of meaning from a lot of faces. Sometimes they really blacken up. Sometimes I see things over their heads. I used to, not now. It's cleared up a lot. But the beginning. Yes? You mentioned earlier about downward. Yeah. That's all. It's just a term I use because, uh, you know, I do these talks a lot, and it, we don't have like a, a, a get ready, get set go room. You know, I don't prepare. <laughs> so basically, sometimes I come to the talk, and the event itself, I watch, it's like playing jazz, yeah? So my mind starts riffing on ideas that have been. Uh, filled out or fleshed out by something occurring, and then it riffs, and sometimes it's formulating right when it's coming through. So I'm listening to the whole, I'm, I'm attending every talk that I show up at. Yeah? I'm attending that. So, and it's like a, it's like a, my, an aspect of my mind really enjoys it. It's very challenging to try to speak about what can't be spoken about. Yeah? So it's this sort of a process of where you're being still for at least. It's that something, that something outside of yourself comes through? Well, you can see it that way, but it's not. It's, it's something inside of you that's going through. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can see it like that, like a water moving through a hose. Yeah? yeah. So when the water moves through a hose, it's not its intention, but because of its nature, it cleans the hose. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so... That's sort of what it's like. So it brings a... Revelations take a, appear in my mind sometimes with this process, talking about it, because I'm not thinking about it during the day. Because it comes from the stillness of mind. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, like, it's like more like jazz, in a way. It's like getting a note and improvising on it. More creativity. Yeah, it plays. It plays it, and it's trying to get the same basic idea across in thousands of different ways. <laughs> Basically, yeah? It's cool. I enjoy it, in a way. But I can't get, get, I can't make anything of it. That's one of the weird things for the selfing. It can't, I can't get anything out of this talk. I can't mine it for anything. So people don't even ask me anymore when I go home, because I always say, how was the trip? And I'd say, it's over, you know? Because, <laughs> really, I can't, Oh, it must have been wonderful. It's not wonderful. It's not anything. You know, it's too... It's It can't be made into anything, which I love. So it's really... All the all that it can be done is lived. Yeah? Yeah. It's really fucking cool. It really is. I mean... Because it would be great. My mind would have loved to have taken and gotten advantage out of this. You know, far. I could pontificate, and, you know... I remember when I first heard it, I was trying... It was making those attempts. I'd be living with a lady, and the lady uh, came home, and I hadn't washed the dishes, and she said, I, I told you you should wash the dishes. I said, there is no Paul. No Paul to wash the dishes. And she said, screw you, wash the dishes. You know, so my mind was attempting to claim it as taking advantage of it, but it got bored fast, because it couldn't get it. It's like, you ever see animals when they go around a turtle? After a while, they can't grab, and they leave. Yeah, It's a great defense. They just pull in, and then the turtle gets left alone. Well, the, the, the mental process, the selfing is like, you ever see the, the, uh, the Lord of the Ring movies? 
you know, the hesoron, the eye, the evil eye. And it's looking for that ring, yeah? Now, that's why the, the mental condition is looking for something. That's why nothing escapes it, yeah? It's right out in the open. It's always available at all times, right where you are. Your mental soron activity is looking for it in a specific way. That's blinding it to recognizing it. That's the trick, yeah? So, the, and you can't, you can't farm anything out of it. You can, all you can do is leave it alone and let it be nothing. And that, to me, is the gift that keeps on giving. That's everything. Yeah. But it can't, in the mental realm, it can't be made into a coin. It can't be made into a currency. You can, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. It's just, it's got its own nature. It's not of this place, in a way. It's not to be commerce or, and all like that. Yeah. For me, it's just an invitation. You're that, I'm that, and that's that. <laughs> Yeah. Paul, we evolved to a pair bonding. So this is your second last question. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the end of the weekend no, if you come no, back. No more. <laughs> Alright, so go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I said we evolved to a pair bonding, which was fascinating. Hmm? We evolved to a pair bonding. We evolved to pair bonding. Yeah, no. Who cares? But we did. Right? I don't understand that. We evolved through pair bonding? Well, that's how our species evolved. Right? Oh, you mean humans? I mean yeah, the yeah, body and stuff. I know, I didn't want to get into that. Yeah, I don't go there, yeah. Uh, so you're beyond that. Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> with that. That's self-explanatory. Yes? Um, you, you talked about grace. And you also mentioned that you were in uh, Sai Baba's ashram. And that you actually had a chance to be in his presence. Would you consider that potentially as I don't know I don't think there's any cause to anything of this nature but in the story it could have played a role like it's playing out in a story there's a linear storyline so I'm sure the mind was using all those events to sort of move along because most people I meet who are awakened there's these relative Catalysts of grace. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Places like Ramana Maharshi's ashram or Sai Baba yeah, or, yeah. or, or a great master. And yeah. But then, you see, the thing is, the idea of awakening as an event, in my sense, it's not an event yeah. because it's not happening. It's always so. It's yeah. Always, yeah. But in this linear story, it's like in The Course in Miracles has this beautiful statement. I really like The Course. I've been involved with it for years. They have this lot of statements, but this one's really nice for all of us. It says, you know, we're dreaming here, and what we're going to do is dream ourselves out of the dream. And as we're dreaming ourselves out of the dream, it's going to get happier. Yeah? So maybe, maybe the mind going to Sai Baba was part of dreaming itself out of the dream. Yes? You know what I mean? So as an expression of something that's always so in a place where it doesn't seem to be so, and then can be so, yeah? Sai Baba may have played a big role. The Ramana Maharshi, I love going into his cave, was like a nuclear reactor. Who knows? I have no idea how things came about. But I know it didn't bring about this, yeah? Because this is not brought about, yeah? So that's the trick. When it dawns on you, you realize it's never not been so, 
So then you can't validate that it was produced by anything, but in, in its expression from always being so in a place that it doesn't seem to be so, it may, you know, just like if something wanted to express in a movie, it would do it through scenes, yeah? You know what I mean? It would build up scenes, and the scenes would lead to an event maybe an hour and a half into the film. Well, that's what mine may be doing here, yeah? So one of the scenes was Paul going to India for a month. Another scene was getting sober, yes? Another scene was getting run over by a car twice in one night. Another scene was all this. All of these things may have played a role in the seeming getting out of self. But in fact, you were never in self. Yeah, that's the trick. But I wouldn't dismiss how things happen here. But I also wouldn't give them the credit for producing what's always happening. Yeah? But I wouldn't throw them away and say, because who knows? Who knows how it's so... Who knows how it weaved the fabric of this place? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe my mother used to pray a lot for me. You know, I don't know if you were like me, but my mother sent me St. Jude and St. Christopher medals or, you know, the cause of lost souls and everything. She had the church praying for me. And then suddenly I got sober. Maybe the prayers had a lot to do with it. I wasn't looking to get sober. It was a regular day at the office, and then something, <laughs> really, something happened. The cell thing shut down for a few minutes, and the first major download in my life from a different place came in, and it motivated me to make a phone call to a place, and the next day I was at my first meeting. And I wasn't looking for recovery. I'd already spent two years in a program and realized I didn't seem to be worthy of recovery because as soon as I got out, I got loaded again. So I had given up all hope, and yet something hadn't given up hope through me, and it played this out, so I had an awakening there. Yeah? And without the recovery, it doesn't seem like I could be entertaining this, because I would have been entertaining how to get money for drugs. I wouldn't be thinking metaphysically, you know. <laughs> I'd be concerned with, you know, if I was here getting loaded, I would have passed the basket first. <laughs> get the money fast, and then go to the bathroom and never come back. And then I'd only talk once every city, because I'd pull it off until they caught on. You know what I mean? Then that would be under my little seat assignment as a teacher. <laughs> but I could get away with one because everyone's so fucking gullible I'd probably pull it off. <laughs> so you know what I mean? I have no idea what brought up it. But the thing is, what happens when it's entertained to a point if you really get that nothing ever happened here. Yeah? In a weird way. So if what happened here never really happened, how could it have an effect? It can only have the effect given to it by mind. Yeah? So mind is dreaming. So mind that is totally free can dream about getting free. And it may use Sai Baba, it may use, you know, a slap in the face from an ex-girlfriend, it may use whatever to initiate it, but it's the mind and mind alone. Yeah? That's my view of it now. But I know a lot of people want to dismiss all that. I can't, who can say? the value in it. But I would say whatever value it had was the mind giving it. So I would say if the mind wants to appear to get, become free here, it can use any damn vehicle it wants to, to produce that appearance. Yeah? Because it's the only freaking reality. In the Course, they talk a lot about dreaming. They talk about this one statement. They hear, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forgot that we're dreaming. And we've given everything we dreamt the power to affect us. That's pretty much the story of being a human here. Yeah? 
We're the dreamer of the dream. We forgot that we're dreaming. And in that forgetfulness, we've given everything we've dreamt, this, the power to affect us. That's the condition here. Quite a lot, yeah? And then it said, matches that with, hey, don't get too flipped out. What's going to happen is you hear this message or your head's in the tiger's mouth like Ramana says, which implies to me, right? You're the dreamer. You're going to dream yourself out of this place. Maybe part of dreaming yourself out of this place was seeing uh, Sai Baba. Yeah. Maybe we're seeing you tonight. Yes. So the mind's dreaming itself out of the And one of the byproducts of, the, of that seeming non-departure is your dream's going to get happier. And I, I have to admit, coming from being a junkie and you know, into where I am right now in this life, it's pretty fucking unbelievable. And I'd have to say the dream got a whole lot happier without me trying to make it happier. Yeah? I would say my trying to make it happier was, was, was making it unhappy. Yeah? <laughs> Tell you the truth, my trying to manage life was what made it unmanageable. My managing, not managerial quality. Yeah, that was hard. To, I couldn't see that. It was hard to escape when I did see it. Fuck. Yeah. So. I hope you guys come back tomorrow. Go home, think of a lot of questions. Come back. <laughs> Repetition's helpful, really, because the mind knows already. But it's nice to tickle it. It tickles it, it gets a little something, and then, then it's just an aha. And you know what? The mind expands. One little aha, the mind can expand and get very huge around it. Yeah, yeah. So, and we have shirts back there. I'm this one. Send this slap, the new one. This is the Tao. This is the dragons running it, sun and moon, which is the expression of duality, the manifestation here. And then on top is the Zen bitch slap. A, a subtle little reminder of what's going on. Thank you. Thank you.